0: Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show. This is a movie podcast where I discuss and review movies new and old. You can get this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also download episodes of the show on the website. The website is letmebendyourear.com. You can also follow the channel for the show on Facebook. Search for Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. The YouTube channel. You can follow there as well. Subscribe and you'll get notices when I go live to record new episodes. That is also Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. The show is also streamed live on the show's Twitter page. The handle is at Bend Your Ear Pod, and also on Twitch. So you can get the show at any one of those platforms. So today I'm going to discuss and review the 2022 film Pinocchio. Which is now streaming on Netflix. It played uh, at a brief time in the theaters, but it's now on Netflix. That's where I was able to see it. It is directed by, co-directed by Guillermo del Toro, and Mark Gustafson. So, it's interesting about Pinocchio. You know, everybody you know knows the the book and the various versions of the film. Actually, there's two versions this year. Uh, one that came out earlier this year, live action Pinocchio with Tom Hanks that was directed by robert zemeckis that came out a little earlier this year and of course this version that i'm going to review tonight the thing that's interesting before i get into the review itself about pinocchio is i saw pinocchio when i was a young child in the 70s my mother took me to the theater to see it on one of its re-releases obviously um and in watching the, the this current film The thing that came to me very clearly very quickly is i don't remember jack squat about the disney version of pinocchio i only really remember obviously the main story geppetto wooden puppet nose grows when he lies and the most memorable thing i remember about the 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 disney version that i saw in the movies as a young child was the the whale sequence and i actually misremembered it and i don't remember i haven't seen the disney pinocchio in forever either Is um, I always just remember Pinocchio being in the whale and nothing else. And uh, I really came into this movie actually as I started to watch it, really, you know, other than knowing the main characters and kind of what the story was, I didn't really remember a lot of it. So a lot of this was new to me, shockingly. uh, Because, like I said, I've only seen Pinocchio once and that was in the theaters, you know, 40 years ago. Actually, longer than that, probably. So, Let's get into the review. So, Pinocchio is a live action, or excuse me, not live action, stop action animation film. So, stop action, you don't really see a lot of anymore. Uh, there's been a few examples over the last 10, 15 years. The, the, the most popular ones I could think of Coraline, um, The Fantastic Mr. Fox, directed by, um, I believe that was, was that Soderbergh? I think Soderbergh did that film. And, uh, oh no, that's Soderbergh, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson directed that one. I haven't seen that one. Uh, and then of course the films of Henry Selick. So back, you know, James and the Giant Peach, Nightmare Before Christmas. And I know there's one he's directing that's coming out actually on Netflix. That's that's voiced by Key and Peele uh, that he's doing. I don't know the name of it, but that's coming out. I think if it's not already out, it's getting ready to come out. So stop action is, is, is something you don't really see anymore. And, and, and doing the research for this version of Pinocchio, uh, this has been a passion project for Del Toro for at least a decade, if not longer. Um, he's been trying to get this going since 2013, 2014. And it's been, you know, studios really didn't want to finance it. Is it going to be expensive because of the way that we going to do it? And then finally, uh, Netflix came on board uh, to pick up the film, and then they ultimately were able to get it made. Uh, it took over a 1,000 artists to create the film. I think it took about three years to make and uh, it's, uh, it shows on the screen. I'll get to that momentarily. So as the movie Pinocchio opens, and this is one of the things that really kind of threw me as to how much of the story I really didn't know because I never read the, the source material. And like I said, my only exposure to Pinocchio is through the Disney version, which I saw a long time ago. The movie opens with Geppetto, uh, the woodmaker, craftsman, and his son, um, Carlo. Carlo. And, uh, you know, it, the movie opens. You know, he's close to his son. They do everything together. Um, at the time the movie begins, he's building uh, or he's putting together a, 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 cru- a giant crucifix in the church. Uh, this is set, uh, of course, in Italy. And um, as the film opens, you, you get the, the feeling of that close relationship between father and son. And then planes attack the small town that they live in and drop bombs inadvertently hitting the church that Geppetto was working in, and unfortunately his son is killed. So his son was ten years old. So as the movie opens, obviously it's 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 a devastating opening, you know, when you have a a, a child die. Now, like I said, I when that happened, I didn't like it hit me by surprise because like I said, I wasn't really familiar with the intricacies of this story. So obviously that's a that's a powerful beginning to the story. So he loses his son, and then of course he spirals into grief over that horrific loss and uh, you know takes to drinking he really stops working and just you know retreats into into the the pain of loss and uh, despair. So one night he's drunk he's you know just feeling sorry for himself, just wallowing in the sadness and he makes a wish you know for a for his son back and he proceeds to build a wooden boy. And through some magic that happens, you uh, of course know that part of the story. Uh, the wooden boy comes to life, and uh, that is Pinocchio. So, Geppetto has Pinocchio now. He's you know he can't believe this is happening. Of course, he's startled when he first discovers this this creation is alive. And the next part of the film goes into his assimilation into the world. You know what does he do? Does he go to school what 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 does geppetto do with this this thing it's is not a boy it's even though it's talking and alive and doing things like that and this is where the film is really really interesting because the backdrop of pinocchio and this version of it is world war Two italy and benito mussolini so you wouldn't think uh, on a pinocchio film that you would get benito mussolini um, so there's some kind of dark undertones there. The rise of fascism in Italy. Uh, there's a character in the in the film that's uh, one of the soldiers in the. You would assume the Italian army that's recruiting very very young kids to go off to train so they can be ready for war. And uh, this character finds out about Pinocchio and sees him as a un- indestructible soldier and a value. So there's that pull and then of course Geppetto doesn't want him to go to war he wants him to go to school and you also get another character Count Volpe which is voiced by the great actor Christoph Waltz who runs a carnival and who's in town the carnival's broke they're not making any money and he discovers Pinocchio and gets him to try to join the carnival so these are kind of three things that are going on with the backdrop of of, of, the, um, of the war so If you know Guillermo del Toro's work, uh, if you've seen any of his other films, Nightmare Alley, which I reviewed uh, for the podcast last year when it came out, great film noir, throwback film, uh, one of my favorite films of all time, Pan's Labyrinth, which is a classic film I haven't reviewed for the podcast, but it's a a phenomenal movie. But if you know del Toro's work, he does work with darker themes. So this Pinocchio, this version of Pinocchio is definitely darker. Than you would expect for that story it kind of it kind of really leans into the darker themes of the film uh but with that doing that it really adds an emotional heft to it that i really appreciated uh very emotional like i said he loses his son at the beginning he's dealing with that grief as he's interacting with pinocchio um who almost becomes a surrogate son to him and as the movie evolves you know that conflict there that kind of brings back the grief of losing his son, but he's got something here that he can maybe hold on to uh, as a replacement. All of that stuff is kind of mixed in there. Um, the 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 There are some, even though with that dark themes, there's some great songs in the movie uh, that are performed. There are not a lot of songs in there, but there's some in there, and they're very well done. They're very well placed as well throughout the movie. And like I said, there's an emotional heft to it uh, that I really enjoyed. And what, what really struck me was, the character of Pinocchio really engendered a lot of, a lot of emotional response from me as a viewer of the movie. Uh, fantastic voice performance, fantastic performance because it really, as he's trying to navigate what he is, how he fits into the world, uh, you know he wants to you know make Geppetto happy. Uh, but there's the pressure of Geppetto wanting him to be like Carlo, his son that, dis- that passed away. And uh, that push and pull, and him navigating how to live in this world, um, and what to do, and there's themes of, like I said, of loss, of of going through the stages of grief, of coming to grips of, of, of losing someone, how to move forward, uh, you know, being stuck in grief. All of that is, is really played out very well in this movie. And uh, if you're wondering about Jiminy Cricket in this film, you have the great Ewan McGregor voicing. Sebastian J. Cricket, who is uh, the character in this film, which is, he's very good. The voice work is very good there. He's, he's kind of the comic relief, kind of the conscience of Pinocchio, trying to, to steer him in the right direction. Uh, so that character is great, and it's, the voice work is great as well. Uh, the main voice of Geppetto is played by the actor who is actually in Harry Potter, and uh, he's done other voice work, I think, for Guillermo del Toro's animated, uh, animated shows that he has on Netflix. So again, going into the technical wizardry of this, uh, the movie is beautiful looking. Like stop action animation, you know, if you go all the way back to like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, kind of those Rankin and Bass, classic stop action animation Christmas. You know, one of the things in part of its charm are those movies that are, are that, it's, that, it's, that it's crude in the sense that it's just, you know, it looks rudimentary, even though it's very difficult to do even back then, you have to move the character for each frame of film. So as I stated earlier, there was about a thousand people that worked on this film, and it took them three years to do it. The stop action uh, animation is stunning. The film looks stunning, like it's it's unbelievable. I mean, you know they're using that technique, but it's so well done. It's it's be- It's a beautiful looking film. It's just beautiful. And uh, I was amazed as I was watching the through the whole running time of the movie, I was amazed by how the movie looked. It was phenomenally looking. And uh, very very impressive. So the movie is an hour and fifty six minutes. Uh, didn't feel it was. It moved very quickly. Like I said, the, the movie is at at times heavy, light, funny, serious. It's it's it, it goes through a whole different range of emotions. Like I said, if you're a fan of Guillermo del Toro's work, you'll see uh, you'll see it all played out here. You know, he he tells stories about about characters. Uh, going through some dark stuff and, uh, and and kind of, you know, like I said, playing in that lane and leaning into the to the darkness of things that happen. So with this version of Pinocchio, it's definitely there and it definitely helps it. Like I said, it was uh, I didn't know what to expect when I was gonna check it out. I had heard some really good reviews. Uh, I wasn't sure if, if I was going to even watch it, but I decided to, to go ahead and watch it and review it for the podcast. And I'll tell you, I'm glad I did. It's a fantastic film. I highly recommend it. What I will say, um, the movie is rated PG. So my one only thing I will say is it's it's definitely not for little kids. So I wouldn't you know I wouldn't let a four or five, six year old watch it. Um, it's, it's there's some darker themes in it. Uh, so I would probably would I would probably maybe start, you know, if I had maybe like an eight or nine year old, uh i would maybe start letting them watch it but really little kids this is definitely not for them i think some of the elements may scare them and some of the elements they may not understand uh but i think a little bit older kids will be fine with like i said it's rated pg so i think that's an appropriate rating uh like i said not for little kids uh but but uh but younger kids can watch it probably like i said from like eight nine and up it should be fine but again like i said it's the movie is visually stunning uh the voice talent is great you've got ewan mcgregor John Turturro Ron Perlman uh, just just uh, great great performances all around with all the characters Christoph Waltz as I mentioned earlier uh, fantastic so I like I said I highly recommend Pinocchio uh, like I said you can see it now on Netflix it was a film for Netflix Like I, said, I think I played in theaters for like a week or two and now it's streaming on Netflix so you can watch it now if you have Netflix so again um, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio uh, co-directed by Guillermo del Toro and Mark Gustafson uh, I'm going to go ahead and give Pinocchio four and a half Van Goghs out of five. So on that scale, I mean, it's a fantastic movie. It's a movie I would watch again. Uh, I think uh, I'm interested to see how it does streaming-wise, but um, I know the critical response has been fantastic, and I can see why. It's a really uh, excellent film. It's moving. It's funny. It deals with deeper issues, with grief, things like that, and it does it in a, in a beautiful way, and it's beautifully rendered. Uh, So I highly recommend uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Again, it's streaming on Netflix. Uh, My review of it is going to be four and a half Van Gogh's out of five. So again, I want to thank everybody that's listened to the podcast. I know it's been a while since I've been on. It's been a couple of months. It's been kind of a crazy couple of months. Uh, So I'm glad to be back and uh, hopefully moving forward with more regular episodes. So I want to thank everybody that's stuck around and has listened to the show on the audio platforms or have watched it on YouTube. Uh, Facebook and on Twitter I appreciate all the views and I appreciate the uh, the uh, listens. so thank you for that if you want to reach the show the email is let me bend your or excuse me benger podcast at gmail.com one day I'll get that email right bend your ear podcast at gmail.com and I encourage you to go to the website every episode is there from the beginning uh, the website is let dot com and if you can do two things if you're a regular listener to the podcast uh, and I would really appreciate it. As an independent podcaster, obviously, there's really no way to get the word out other than social media and word of mouth from people that listen to like the show. Uh, so if you follow the show on Twitter, uh, the handle's at Bend Your EarPod. If you see my post for any new shows, old shows, anything on there, please, um, if you can retweet those, get those out there uh, for anyone that's looking for a new movie podcast to listen to or watch. Also. If you listen to this podcast primarily uh, on any podcasting app, the show's available on most of them. You can get it on Amazon, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Amazon Music. Um pretty much anywhere if you google the show let me bend your ear podcast it's, it's pretty much on every podcatcher so wherever you listen to the show especially if it's on uh, google podcast or apple podcast or spotify because the show is there as well if you can rate and review it that would be fantastic uh, if you give it a four five star review hopefully uh, that'd be great and the reason for that is the more ratings and reviews any podcast can uh, attain on a certain platform the higher that show will pop in results of people are looking for a movie Podcast. I know at the end of the year, people listen to their regular podcasts and sometimes they run out and they're always looking for new things to listen to. And this show's uh, developed a back catalog now, so I would love, love to get new listeners and viewers to the podcast I can go back and listen and they'll have a content for a while to keep them busy uh, if they're out of podcasts to listen to, especially movie ones. So again, uh, if you could do that, I'd really appreciate it. And again, if you want to email the show, the email is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. The website is letmebendyourear.com. And again, I want to thank all the viewers and all the listeners to the podcast. Like I said, hopefully I'll be back more regularly. Uh, but again, to wrap it up here, uh, I have rated and reviewed Pinocchio, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Four and a half fan goes out of five. So definitely check it out. It's streaming on Netflix now. Uh, take care, everyone, and have a fantastic holiday. See you soon.